The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. And the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your forefathers ate manna and died, but he who feeds on this bread will live forever. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So I think many of you know I uh, have a, a clergy group uh, with whom I do Bible study every week on uh, Wednesday mornings. We get together uh, virtually now, and, uh, and we talk over the passages for, for that week, talk about what we're going to preach. And we had a lot of fun this week trying to figure out just what on earth Jesus was saying. Again, listen in this passage. This very one, he says, I'm the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he'll live forever. And this bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Now, in the context of our own worship, our minds, I think, are immediately drawn to the Eucharist, right? We receive the body and blood of our Lord. We sing songs like we did last week, I am the bread of life. I mean, really, it was basically this, this passage set to music. And in, in reading some other commentators this week, it was you know, some especially Protestant commentators who basically started off saying, well, whatever this is, it's not about the Eucharist. That can't be it. Uh, it must be that eating Jesus' flesh and drinking his blood, it has to do with, with his sacrifice on, on the cross. But I think if, if we can place it in the full context of, of this chapter of John, maybe, maybe we can at least get a sense of what the people listening to Jesus at that time would have heard. So, as you may remember, the Sixth chapter of John starts off with Jesus feeding the 5,000, and after he does that, he walks on water, uh, slips off to the other side of the lake, and then the next morning, uh, folks find him on the other side of the lake, and they're like, when, uh, when did you get here? How, how, last we saw you, you were over there, and there was only one boat. And he says, look, let's just be honest here. It's verse 26. You're not here because of me. Right? You're, you're, you're here for lunch. I mean, you, you, you had bread, you ate your fill, 
you're satisfied. Don't work for food that spoils. Work for food that endures to eternal life on which the Son of Man which the Son of Man will give you. And on him the Father has placed a seal of approval. And they asked him, well, what do we have to do? Well, what do we have to do to do the work God requires? Tell us. Jesus answered, okay, write this down. It's really going to be long and complicated. Make sure your pencil's sharp. Here's what you have to do. Here is the work of God. You ready? Believe in the one he sent. That's it. Believe in the one he sent. I said, well, what are you going to do? What miraculous thing are you going to perform to justify us believing in the one he sent? I mean, after all, our forefathers ate the manna in the desert. It was written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus, of course, did not say to them immediately, what, like not feeding 5,000 people yesterday? He said, look, I'm telling you the truth. It's not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven. It's my Father who gives the bread from heaven, the true bread. The bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And so they say, well, great, sign us up. We want that bread. Give it to us all the time. He says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me isn't going to go hungry. Whoever believes in me is not going to thirst. But just like I said, I, you saw me, and yet you don't believe. All the Father gives me will come to me. Whoever comes to me, I'll, I'll never drive away. I came down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose none of those that he has given me, but I will raise them up on the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Now at that point, some of the Jewish religious authorities were grumbling about him. They heard him say, I'm the bread that came down from heaven. They're like, we know this guy. This is, this is Josh, Remember Joe, Joey the carpenter, his son. We know him. We know where he comes from. How, who, where does he get off saying, I'm, I came down from heaven? And Jesus said, shut up. Stop grumbling amongst yourselves. Listen, nobody can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up on the last day. It's written in the prophets. You'll all be taught by God. So everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he who has seen the Father. But I will tell you the truth. He who believes has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate the manna in the desert and they died. But here is the bread that came down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. I'm the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. Now that enough is hard enough to wrap your mind around, right? I mean, you 
Think about Nicodemus when he shows up to Jesus at, at night in chapter 3 of John. And Jesus says, here's the deal, you've got to be born again. And Nicodemus is like, how exactly would that work? And Jesus says, what, you're Israel's teacher and you don't get it? You get the sense by this point, his opponents have a much less curious and a much more aggressive attitude. In fact, the fact that we know that they were grumbling amongst themselves means that some of those folks ultimately became his followers and were able to, to tell the story about how they responded when Jesus said this thing because saying he was the bread was hard enough, but, but then he says, this bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. And, and I'll tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. remember the Jewish people had a strict prohibition against eating blood that was part of the, the rules in Torah was you, you, you couldn't eat any, any meat that had the blood still in it. Today if you buy kosher meat it, is, it has been uh, not only uh, has the animal been, been slaughtered in a, in a ritually prescribed manner but they also they, they soak the meat in, in salt to make sure that they draw out any blood that might be left in it. So he's telling them not only that they got to drink blood but they got to drink his blood. I mean you, you certainly don't eat human flesh and drink human blood this is this is weird this is not just weird this is this is offensive it's not just the jewish authorities who are hearing this who are having a hard time with it when we read in, in verse 60 when they heard it many of his disciples said eat your flesh and drink your blood I, that's hard I, I'm not trying to hear that. And aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, what, you're offended by this? What if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I've spoken to you, they are spirit and they are life. And yet, there's still some of you who don't believe. Jesus knew from the beginning that uh, which of them didn't believe and who would betray him. And he went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled him. And at that point, most of them left. I, you remember hearing earlier stories of Jesus where there were the 70. Now, now we're down to the 12. I mean, there, there are scenes of crowds, right? 5,000 people that he fed. They're certainly not there the 70, down to 12, and he looks at them and he says, so are you guys out too? I love Simon Peter's answer. <laughs> he says, where else are we going to go? I mean, you have the words of eternal life. And we believe and, and we know that you're the Holy One of God. So where else are we going to go? I think Simon Peter's reaction 
shows us what we do when God says something that surprises us or shocks us or even offends us. I personally believe that Jesus was talking about the Eucharist. I personally believe that he was saying something that, like many other things he said, later on the disciples went back and said, oh, right, he said that thing about the flesh. and the, Oh, that, okay, that makes sense now because we do the, the, you know, the Eucharist. But, but at the time, it was really hard. It was really weird. And nevertheless, Simon Peter says, I got nowhere else to go. You alone have the words of eternal life. So my prayer for us as Jesus' followers is that when we are confronted with things that are difficult, even offensive, even outrageous, that we would not be like those who say, yeah, I'm out. But that with the 12, we would say with Simon Peter, well, we got nowhere else to go. So we're going to keep walking with you. Amen.